unregulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad that you're with us on the program today. I know that I am dressed for winter, but uh, we're actually heading to the sunny tropics on today's show, at least uh, at least virtually. Yeah. Wish I could provide an on-the-ground report from you from Hawaii, but unfortunately that... Uh, not going to happen today. <clears throat> Before we get to that, however, uh, this episode brought to you by Direct Bullion USA, the new gold standard of gold and silver dealers. Now, you wouldn't let the swab of Washington, D.C. take your guns, so why would you let them take your retirement? Visit directbullionusa.com today and start learning how to protect your financial freedom by requesting a free investment guide. Secure, protect, and diversify. Get started now at directbullionusa.com. So, in Hawaii, thousands of miles away from where I am in the uh, chilly confines of the Virginia Piedmont, the Honolulu City Council is uh, set to meet today to discuss for the first time uh, their local legislation uh, creating a host of sensitive places where guns will be banned once concealed carry licenses start getting handed out. Uh, there in Hawaii. I guess they've, they've started coming out in dribs and drabs, but um, there's still a backlog in Hawaii County of over, I think right now, about 700 uh, applicants. So it's been a very, very slow going process. Uh, and the sensitive places bill under consideration in Honolulu definitely has some challenges, as we'll talk about. Excuse me. Um, but one of the things that I found so fascinating about what's going on in Honolulu is that uh, folks have been able to submit written testimony to the city council ahead of the meeting, and and that testimony is available for the public. So Honolulu Civil Beat reported that there have been about 300 comments. Given the traditional hostility towards the right to keep and bear arms in Hawaiian politics, you would expect that the vast majority of those commenting on this uh, proposed piece of legislation would be in favor of more restrictions, as many as possible, right, on the right to bear arms. Not the case. According to uh, Honolulu Civil Beat, of the 300 comments that have been submitted, about 60 were in support of the uh, measure. 196 were in opposition, and another uh, 40 or so uh, were sort of on the fence according to the uh, civil beat. So I, I went through some of these comments that are uh, publicly available, and I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, listen, I, I'm used to hearing politicians talk gun control. I'm used to hearing anti-gun activists talk about gun control. I think it's really interesting to hear where the, let's just say the average non-gun owner, the soft supporter of gun control, or, or even not the gun control activist, but just the person who says, yeah, why do we need these guns anyway? I'm fascinated to hear their arguments. I've never been swayed, I should tell you, but I am fascinated to hear why they are so opposed. So I thought we'd go through some of the opposition as well as some of the comments in support of uh, this gun control measure that is uh, up for debate in Honolulu today. Uh, we'll start with one of those who likes the idea of as many gun-free zones as possible. Uh, I am a public school teacher in Hawaii, she writes. I think it is crazy to allow people to carry guns all over the place. I wouldn't feel safe in my neighborhood anymore. I wouldn't feel safe in Hawaii anymore. For the life of me, I can't understand why the Republicans want guns anywhere near schools. All right. 
little bit to unpack here. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on each of these individual comments. But one thing that I don't get, and I never have gotten it, this argument has just never resonated with me. I, I won't feel safe if people can legally carry a gun around. Given that people can already illegally carry a gun around, how safe do you feel right now? I, I, I just don't get it. The idea, anyway, that, that's an argument that, again, just falls flat with me. Uh, here's a comment in opposition to the uh, gun bill under debate in Honolulu. Gun-free zones are unconstitutional. In 1995, SCOTUS ruled in U.S. versus Lopez that gun-free zones are unconstitutional. Sensitive places are nothing more than a new name for gun-free zones and are, therefore, unconstitutional. Establishing gun-free zones attract those who are willing to break laws to harm unarmed people. They do not benefit the innocent. Which is true. Um, as for the Supreme Court saying that gun-free zones are unconstitutional, not exactly true. In Bruin, the Supreme Court said that, uh, yes, there can indeed be sensitive places where the lawful carrying of firearms can be banned. But what the court suggested is that those places must be the exception and not the rule. Uh, they did not, they declined uh, to issue a laundry list of uh, acceptable sensitive places, but uh, they noted that the historic record really only finds a few that everybody tends to agree were in place, right? Bans on uh, carrying firearms at uh, legislative assemblies, at courthouses, polling places uh, were the ones mentioned by the Supreme Court. Um, but nothing about public parks, nothing about private property by default, as the state of New York has tried to do. Uh, nothing about, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in your uh, uh, own conveyance, which is what uh, New Jersey Democrats originally tried to do. Their first uh, sensitive places bill actually outlawed concealed carry in your own car, as well as on public transportation, by the way. That's another area where historically you don't find prohibitions on carrying, but it's one of those sensitive places where Democrats are trying to make sure that you cannot protect and defend yourself. All right, here's another one uh, in support of the new gun control measure. Uh, <laughs> I do not see the need for people to get their jollies off by carrying a fire in public, concealed or otherwise. The Supreme Court did a major disservice to U.S. citizens and others physically in this country. What I will do, as shown on many crime shows, if I see a gun, I will immediately scream, GUN! And continue to scream it. We are not safe with people carrying firearms in public. So I'll come back to this, but I just want to interject here. I, 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 I guess maybe there's some people who carry firearms to get their jollies. <laughs> I, I guess. Um, most of the concealed carry holders I know don't do it because it, you know, gets them excited. None of the gun owners I know have ever said anything like that to me, and I'm glad that they've kept it to themselves if that is the case. No, they're carrying because they want to protect themselves. They want to protect their family. They want to protect perhaps even innocent bystanders around them if, God forbid, something should happen, and they're in a position where they could do something to help. As for the idea that um, we are not safe with people carrying firearms in public, you know, the right to carry revolution really kicked off uh, in Florida in 1987, right? Between 1987 and 
to uh, 2020 when, uh, you know, COVID hit and really changed a lot of things. Almost 2 million active concealed carry holders in Florida in 2020. Violent crime in the state, including homicides in Florida, had declined by more than 50%. So the idea that as more gun owners were carrying, Florida became a more dangerous place, not the case at all. Quite the opposite, as a matter of fact. And the same holds true more generally for the United States. Violent crime declined in this country almost every year between 1991 and 2020, a time in which tens of millions of Americans embraced their right to carry, a time in which, well, by 2020, we didn't quite have 25 constitutional carry states, but uh, by 2020, we had well over a dozen constitutional carry states. And again, violent crime continued to drop. Anyway, this uh, uh, supporter of the gun control bill in Hawaii says, uh, I do agree with every restriction in the proposed ordinance and any others that may be added. I object to the decision or to the deletion of any restrictions. Uh, And one thing they write that does not seem to be covered is apartment buildings. While they are residences, most have elevators. I would be terrified if someone riding the elevator with me is a in a in a very concealed space is carrying a loaded firearm unless said person is a law enforcement officer. There is no escape from a shut elevator. This needs to be addressed. There are maybe a thousand residents where I live, and there's no protection for us in the common areas. This must be rectified. Okay. So again, how would you know? First of all, if someone's carrying concealed, how would you know, right, that they're carrying? And since they're carrying concealed, how do you know that you haven't ridden on an elevator multiple times with somebody who's been illegally carrying a firearm? How do you know? You don't know. Not that I want this woman to be terrified every time she leaves her apartment, which sounds like might be the case if uh, when concealed carry actually comes to Hawaii. I just, there's just, it seems to be a lack of critical thinking here, right? I'm going to be terrified if somebody who goes through all of these many hoops and hurdles to acquire a concealed carry license happens to be riding on an elevator next to me. But you don't ever think about the potential of a violent criminal getting on an elevator. Somebody who doesn't give a damn what the carry laws in Hawaii might be and chooses to carry in violation of them anyway. Uh, Again, that's a scenario that could happen today. Could have happened last week. Could have happened the month before the Bruin decision was handed down. I just don't get this idea that, well, because there's a law there, everyone's going to obey it. No. No. We know, unfortunately, that is not the case. Uh, All right. Here's another one uh, in opposition to uh, this measure. I believe the purpose of the conceal and carry licensing is to give law-abiding citizens the right and ability to defend themselves when out and about. Sadly, it is well known that crime in our beautiful home of Hawaii appears to be rising, and there is still a shortage of law enforcement men and women. Still trying to figure out the logic of announcing to the world, should this bill pass, those areas which would remain vulnerable. So now you want to tie the hands of law-abiding, trained, certified, licensed gun owners to defend themselves and or the public, should the time come, when you know damn well criminals don't and never have followed the law. I prefer the idea 
that if I am out and about and something should happen, that there is a chance someone who is carrying a uh, someone who is carrying is there to help. I strongly urge you to oppose the passing of this bill. Uh, Rita uh, Kemakamura, uh, the author of that uh, particular piece. And the reason why I included Rita's name there is because I was surprised at how many women had submitted testimony in opposition to these uh, proposed sensitive places in Honolulu. Um, again, I sort of anticipated that the majority of those in opposition would be guys. But and maybe that is the case. I didn't go through all 300 comments. Um, but again, a, a surprising, to me anyway, um, number of women who may not even be gun owners. I mean, it sounds like Rita isn't a gun owner. But she is still very much opposed to the idea of treating law-abiding gun owners as criminals, particularly given the stringent licensing requirements that are already in place uh, in Hawaii uh, uh, at the county level. And again, these stringent requirements are coming to the state level, coming in uh, 2023. Um, all right, we'll, we'll give you we'll give you one more support, one more pro gun control comment here out of Honolulu. Uh, this from uh, Jane and David, who say, uh, "My husband and I would strongly encourage you to maximize the number of sensitive areas that a concealed gun can be carried while a resident is out of their home. We are always grateful that we live in Hawaii." but never more so than when we hear of yet another shooting occurring on the mainland. While we can tolerate the idea of carefully vetted individuals keeping a gun in their home, we are extremely disappointed that the Supreme Court ruling has forced the concealed carrying of guns to be permitted here in Hawaii. Until such time as our country imposes greater control over guns and their owners, we hope that Hawaii will make owning and carrying a gun outside of the gun owner's property as limited as possible. Mahalo for your consideration of our wishes. Aloha, Jane and David. I don't like it when people exercise their rights. I don't like it. Bothers me. I, I, I don't have to own a gun. Right? But I don't like it when they own guns. And I really don't like when they carry guns. By the way, I hate to break it to uh, Jane and David. Hawaii has been the home of a mass shooting as well uh, at a time in which concealed carry was virtually banned, by the way. So the idea that turning the islands into one gigantic gun-free zone will uh, prevent those types of tragedies has already been proven false. And what Jane and her husband David either don't realize or refuse to acknowledge is that when they say, I don't like it when these people are exercising their rights outside of the home, they're the ones wearing the black hat, right? They're the ones who are trying to impede or prevent individuals from protecting themselves. Now, I, I know Jane and David would say, no, 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 that's not it at all. Hawaii is already a safe place. You don't need protection. And maybe for Jane and David, that's the case. And if so, man, kudos to them. That's great. We live in a gated community in a beautiful island paradise. I mean, that sounds wonderful. And if that were how I lived and I really didn't have to worry about my personal safety, you know what? You know, I might not carry a gun. But I still don't think I'd be the type of person who would try to stand in the way of others exercising a fundamental civil right. 
So mahalo to Jane and David. But uh, and I suspect, by the way, you're going to be pretty happy with what the Honolulu City Council does. But you're on the wrong side of history and you are definitely on the wrong side of the Constitution. So we will keep our eyes on what's going on in Hawaii. Um, we do anticipate the potential for multiple pieces of uh, litigation be filed, uh, both at the county level. But I think there's also uh, kind of a wait and see attitude to let, let's see what happens at the state level, because the a, a challenge to the uh, uh, impending state law may be enough to get some of the bad county ordinances that have recently been enacted uh, off of the books as well. Uh, if you are a Hawaii gun owner, again, congratulations on uh, living in a beautiful state. Uh, but, and if you're listening here, I probably don't need to actually tell you this, but uh, please be active. Please be engaged. Please get involved with your state level Second Amendment groups because there is a great community of 2A activists on Hawaii. Uh, they, they might not be a majority of the population, uh, but they are speaking out in support and in defense of their fundamental civil liberties. And I got to tell you, it, it is fantastic to see, again, particularly in a state that has been so hostile to recognizing the existence of that fundamental right. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our uh, recidivist report. We'll start there. With a uh, case out of Baton Rouge, uh, this from the uh, the Advocate. Um, actually, I'm not sure. Yeah, this is this is from Baton Rouge, uh, where uh, reporter David Mitchell writes that one of three teenagers arrested over their role in a uh, murder of a high school senior uh, on probation at the time of the shooting. In fact, as uh, David Mitchell writes. Uh, this 18-year-old suspect, Jamal Mal Holloway, had been released from the Ascension Paris prison on October 26th after pleading guilty to aggravated assault. Uh, he was sentenced to unsupervised probation. And less than three weeks later, a uh, teenager named Mikey Darville was fatally shot on uh, November 11th. He was, according to police, an innocent bystander caught between the middle of a beef between two groups of juveniles in Ascension, Paris, when shots were fired outside of a gas station in Gonzales, Louisiana. Um, according to the Gonzales police, they don't know who fired the shot, but they uh, did announce that Holloway and two juveniles have been arrested on single counts of being principals to second-degree murder. Uh, according to a bill of information, prosecutors in Ascension, Paris, had originally accused Holloway of aggravated felony aggravated assault with a firearm against another man back in late February. But prosecutors offered him a plea deal, and he took it. On October 24th, the felony aggravated assault with a firearm charge was reduced to a misdemeanor aggravated assault charge, and Holloway took it said, you bet, I'm guilty to that. And the uh, judge in this case, Judge Cody Martin, gave Holloway a suspended sentence of six months in prison with credit for time already served, as well as six months of unsupervised probation. What's even worse about this is that before this plea deal was offered, 
Holloway had already indicated, already shown signs he wasn't taking the charges against him seriously. Back in mid-May, so about three months after he was arrested and charged with the original uh, felony aggravated assault with a firearm, the judge had allowed Holloway's father to take him for an interview with the uh, Louisiana National Guard Youth Challenge Program. This is a boot camp style uh, alternative education program for teens who are in trouble. Holloway was accepted into the program, but he only stayed there for about a month and a half. It's a 17-month-long program. He stayed there for about six weeks, and then he just took off, and not even finishing the first five-month residential phase of the camp, uh, then went back to jail on August 23rd until he was released on uh, August 26th, again, on unsupervised probation, just weeks before police say he was uh, involved in the shooting that left another teenager dead. Today's Armed Citizen story, Midland, Texas, where police say a a man shot another in self-defense after uh, he himself was fired upon. This was a Saturday, about to 8.30 in the evening. Police called away a convenience store uh, off of uh, Interstate 20 in reference to shots fired. When they got there, actually before they got there, they were notified of a gunshot victim who had non-life-threatening injuries at a local hospital. Uh, later identified as 21-year-old Luis Miguel Espinosa Galindo. During the investigation, police discovered that Galindo had fired his gun at two men, one of which returned fire in self-defense, striking Galindo. Uh, Galindo was released from the local hospital there with non-life-threatening injuries, transported to the Midland County Jail, where he, too, has now been charged with felony aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Gosh, I hope one day Mr. Galindo doesn't go from being part of our uh, armed citizen story of the day to our recidivist report. But uh, given the overwhelming number of plea bargains in our criminal justice system, that is unfortunately a distinct possibility. Finally today, our good deed of the day in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, where a a couple of police officers got a call the other day uh, from a woman who said she hadn't eaten in three days. This was a, a welfare check Saturday morning. Uh, a woman who uh, needed help called a food company in Iowa. Homeowner uh, told officers again when they arrived that she had not eaten in three days. She didn't have any friends, any family in the area who could assist her. Uh, so the officers ended up taking her grocery list and they went shopping for her at their local Kroger. Uh, and they also paid for groceries for a few other shoppers while they were there, which is extra nice. Um, Memphis Police Department said when the officers went back to the home, they uh, gave the woman her groceries along with a list of uh, low-cost transportation options. They also helped her get in contact with the Meals on Wheels program, so hopefully she's not in this situation in the future. Um, And, you know, they could have done just that, right? They could have responded. They could have said, listen, we hate to see you like this. Here's how you get help. Here's who you need to call. Here's the list you can go through right here, and and these are the places that'll take you to the grocery store. They did all that, but they just did more because they could. And so in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, those unnamed Memphis police officers, we thank you for your very good deed. Now, 
Unfortunately, that is all the time that uh, we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you again for uh, all of your thoughts and your prayers and your well wishes. Uh, we did go to the uh, oncologist today, um, and the news was not great, but the news was not the worst that it could be. So, Miss uh, um, E is going to be going back on treatment, um, but the doctor feels pretty optimistic that, uh, in fact, I will, I will. I will probably overshare with you, but I'm going to anyway. You know, it's been over six years since my wife's first cancer diagnosis. It's been about four years since she was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Today, her doctor didn't describe this as a terminal illness. Um, but as a chronic illness, which maybe, maybe that was just to make us feel a little bit better. But given the fact that she's six years on from her initial diagnosis, I don't think so. Um, I, I, and I also don't think that her doctor is the type of person to try to give her false hope. So, uh, again, the news is not great. But it is not terrible. Uh, we believe that there is a treatment that uh, we know that there's a treatment that's worked in the past. We believe it's going to work again. Uh, and so she's getting back on that in the very near future. And uh, I will continue to be deeply appreciative of all of the thoughts and prayers that you can spare. All right. With that, we are out of time. And I promise tomorrow, no more oversharing, no more puppy pictures. And we're delving into the uh, gory details of my uh, personal life. We're just going to stick to the Second Amendment straight and narrow. Probably. Uh, I would encourage you. We do that, by the way, at Bearing Arms, the website. We do. No, no, like, no puppy pictures on the website. So if you want the latest news about your right to keep bear arms, I would encourage you to check out BearingArms.com. If you like what you see, I would also encourage you to become a VIP member. Not only will you get exclusive comments, uh, commentary, and content, News stories analysis you won't find anywhere else. But you will get that warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing that you are supporting the independent pro segment of journalism that we do there. Support that is also greatly appreciated, just like your thoughts and your prayers. If you use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, by the way, you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. Just go to barryandarms.com slash subscribe. Thanks again. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. <laughs>